Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family, how's it going? Hurley's now here, here with us today. It's me by myself, your lovely co-host, Kelvin Harris. How's it going, family? I'm coming to you from the beautifully warm Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was going to start out the show by talking about the World Cup, which, by the way, is at half. Uh, Belgium and France are tied at zero. But there's been some, there's been a shockwave in the in the soccer world. Believe it or not, this is bigger than the LeBron James signing. As of a, a couple of hours ago, Cristiano Ronaldo has left Real Madrid for Juventus. Now, in America, that's not as big a, uh, a deal as LeBron James going to the Lakers. But in the rest of the, of the world, this is a, a 10 earthquake. I mean, the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo would leave Real Madrid, which has won three straight uh, Champions League titles. They're basically on a Golden State Warrior run right now. And they've won 13 titles over the last uh, four or five years. They are the preeminent team in um, soccer right now. Team soccer. Apparently, there was a rift between him and the owner of the club he felt like he wasn't being paid properly now his contract still had three years left on it and the buyout when I say this I'm not exaggerating the buyout was a billion dollars but they're taking 10% of that so Juventus is paying a hundred million dollars to buy out the contract to have the rights to negotiate with Ronaldo. He signed a four-year deal with him. He'll be making $60 million plus a year. $60 million bucks a year. And here's the crazy part. He's not the highest paid player in soccer. That honor belongs to Lionel Messi. With over $70 million per year. Neymar makes $66 million per year. So he's only third on the list. Now, what does this mean for Real Madrid? Well, Real Madrid has had a great run. But it seems that the management and ownership of the of the club has decided that they've got to get younger. They've got quite a few guys that could be leaving. One of the guys that came up, Kareem Benzema, his name's come up. It looks like he'll be leaving, and some of the other um, the other guys because they got quite a few guys that are over thirty years of age. So. I guess they've decided to reboot. I mean, Ronaldo's 33 years of age. 
he still got a couple of good years left. When this contract is over with Juventus, he'll be 37. The question now is how much good Ronaldo can Juventus get? Now, they've been to the finals of the Champions League. They dominate Serie A right now. This move is made to get them a title in the next two years in the Champions League. I mean, right now, they've uh, they've they've boosted themselves up to the top of the list, along with Barcelona, the premier English teams. Um, the question is, can they get over the over the hump now? They've got arguably the best player in the world, and they've been in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals, but they've never kicked it. They haven't kicked the door in in a long time. They dominate Syria. Inter Milan is still trying to get themselves back together. Lazio, some of the other uh, storied franchises, they're all playing catch up to Syria in Syria to Juventus. The one thing about Syria. And this move says that they are basically changing the style of play in the league. The It's sort of like a similar transition to what you're seeing in the NBA. The, um, the Serie A league has always been known more like the NFC East or in, in, in NFL or the SEC in college football. It's uh, slugfest. You don't get wide open play. It's technical. It's physical. It's slow. It's kind of boring. But over the last few years, you've had some teams start to spread it out and make it more exciting. This move by Juventus is a move to garner some excitement amongst the fans and to, I think, make that franchise... Um, more, more capable of winning a championship because this—that's the only reason why you spend the type of money they're spending. You're talking three, four hundred million dollars. You're spending this type of money on a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo because he's supposed to come in and ignite your franchise. Now for Real, Real Madrid, it's 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 a they're changing. I mean. They've basically rode this pony as far as I think they think they can ride it. And now it's time to reboot and start over again. Um, <laughs> I guess it's the right move because, I mean, I guess in the, you know, in the in the realm of what Bill Belichick does with the Patriots, I guess it's better to let a star go a year or two early than to hold on to them for a year or two too long so you know Real Madrid is one of the great franchises organizations in in all of the world in soccer so they've got reserves who are ready to go they've got a youth program that's uh, second to none and the beautiful thing about Real Madrid is that they're in a city and in a league and in a country that can attract top talent. And they have the money to pay the top talent. So 
I don't expect them to be in mourning, or I don't expect them to um, fall to the bottom of their league, of the Liga. I still expect them to be in the Champions League. I expect them to be competitive. But Barcelona is going to um, is going to win La Liga for the next couple of years, while Messi is still, you know, still at the top of his game. And I think this makes it a lot easier for Barcelona to bring home a Champions League title. I think we will see Real Madrid back. Maybe not in the next couple of years. But I think they will be competing for a title. Now, Juventus, they've got to make some changes because their, um, their base... Their base uh, set is um, not exactly a fit for what Ronaldo does, but he's gotten a little older and his game's changed a little bit. So he won't be able to just put a team on his back and carry them like he used to. But he's got some pretty good talent at Juventus. They uh, they had a couple of guys who were um, prime strikers. And I think they'll probably change, uh, change their set, go more offensive. And then Serie A has, um, it's a little different than say La Liga, which is a lot more wide open. And then the customs and the traditions of the league are a lot different, too. So this team, I think, they'll win games, maybe 3 nothing. He'll get a chance to, to rest because um, they don't believe in running up the score. There's um, a gentleman's decorum in this league. So they'll get out, get some leads, and then at some point they'll replace him. And let him get rest. And he won't play in any of the midweek uh, matches they have, whether it be dart or I, I guess they call them derbies in the English league. I don't know what they call them in, in um, Serie A. But he won't be a part of those. He'll get a lot of rest. So I'm interested to see when the season starts how this works out for both teams. But right now, uh, I am definitely penciling Barcelona in to win La Liga. And right now, I got them at least into the semifinals of the um, of the uh, uh, of the Champions League. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk World Cup. Um, I'll give you an update on the score. We'll talk about the England-Croatia game and the World Cup in general. So sit tight. We'll take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back on The Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thunder chickens beware, we're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown, and our panel of pros are out for beards. 
Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Realtree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show family family we're back here on the get down with hurley brown hurley couldn't make it today so your beloved co-host kelvin harris is uh you know, carrying a load today. Uh, we started off the first segment talking about the monster deal between Real Madrid and Juventus, and it kind of overshadowed the um, semifinal World Cup game. As of right now, they're in almost the 60th minute. France is up 1-0 over Belgium. And, you know, going into this, these semifinal games, I had France and England uh, playing in the finals, I just the England reminds me of the Knicks. You know, when you talk to you know New Yorkers, every year is the year that they hope the Knicks uh, win, and every year the Knicks let them down. Well, England is sort of the same way. They choke so much it's ridiculous. I mean, this is supposed to be where soccer got to start, but. For the last decade or so, they've just been a disappointment. Well, a couple of years ago, the uh, the leadership of uh, the the national team started making some personnel moves. Uh, they they kind of de-emphasized Wayne Rooney as the uh, the go-to guy. They they changed his role and they brought Harry Kane to the forefront. And that's paying dividends right now in this World Cup because Harry Kane um, is a leader. is probably going to get the golden boot, almost goal scored. And England is playing out of their mind. Now, um, Croatia has been playing excellent as well. I was a little surprised to see Croatia and Russia in the quarterfinal game. But to Russia's credit, they have played great team soccer and you know 
West uh, Germany, Brazil, a couple of the other favorites, they just didn't show up. Uh, Brazil, in their game against Belgium, they've got to be kicking themselves. I mean, they got off to a slow start. They were down 2 nothing at halftime. And, you know, the announcers were saying, look, all it takes is one goal, and that's going to, you know, rejuvenate the crowd. Well, they got the goal. So for, like, the last 30 minutes of the match, Brazil was just in straight attack mode. And they just couldn't get the equalizer. Neymar had two point-blank assists. These guys just peed on their legs. I mean, the one guy, Neymar made a great move. He drew both defenders to him. He gives the guy the ball right in the in the front of the of the of the goal and he kicks it wide right. It's like they had Florida State's kickers as their as their as the as, as players because they kept missing wide right. And then maybe about a couple of minutes before stoppage time, he threaded the needle on another beautiful pass. And this guy was even closer, and he did the same exact thing. That would have made it 3-2. But during stoppage time, the goalie for Belgium made, in my opinion, the, 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 the save of the World Cup. Neymar made his way through their defense, makes a move, weaves to his right, kicks the ball. It has a little bit of uh, English to the right. It's, it's, it's arcing up. It looks like it's going to dip over all the players and the goalie. And he got three, two or three fingertips on the ball at the last second and tipped it out of bounds. Now, he's about 6'6". He's got a long neck, real long arms, and he had to use every inch of his body to keep that ball from going into the net and tying the the match. And I really believe if Neymar makes that goal, they win because Belgium spent the entire last half hour of that match on their heels. Um... England just played out of their minds. France has been playing out of their minds. Now, the thing about Belgium is they haven't lost in like two years or something like that, some crazy stat. So they've been playing out of their mind for a while. Um, I got England to beat Croatia tomorrow. I think it'll be a 2-1 score. Uh, I'm I'm expecting Harry Kane to come and get another goal, but I think this team that England is putting out there is a lot more athletic than what they've had in past years, and it looks to me like they've been playing a lot better defense. Um, you know the English seem to you know feel that they're the most talented players in all of soccer and their champions in their, excuse me, the English premier league is the league out of all the leagues, you know, with the, the, the money, the prestige, the hype of the teams, 
the fan bases. But when you break it down, um, you know, the, the Spanish and the German teams are the ones that are winning the Champions League. Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid. So for England to win this is a big deal, a really big deal, because they haven't won anything in a long time. And they've had some really good players come through, and they just can't, they just haven't been able to knock that door in. I think, though, this is the year. I think there's, you know, when you, you know, I'm a fan of the English Premier League. It's, it's a combination of NFL and a soap opera and a reality show because there's always something. They're always on the back pages of the English newspapers. The, the players are larger than life. They live like rock stars. They act like rock stars. I mean, it is, it is a hell of a drama. So this is the one time I think that England is going to live up to the hype. So I'm going on record as saying that England is going to win tomorrow. And it looks like it could be England and France in the finals. And how ironic that would be because the finals of the men's singles championship at Wimbledon will probably be going on around the same time as the finals of the World Cup. And there'll be nobody in that tennis arena uh, completely focused on the tennis match. Matter of fact, it could it could be a lot of empty seats inside of uh, center court because the most important thing to the British is soccer. So that's going to be interesting. Um, it's kind of disappointing that America was not a part of these festivities. We um, we had a lot of turmoil in our program the last uh, few years. I just think that um, we as a program, as an organization, as a country, we have not bought all in to the idea of uh, soccer. And it shows when we go and play in these uh, major competitions. There's no reason why America should not have been in this World Cup. But we, um, we can't get on the same page between the administration of USA Soccer and what the coaching staffs want to do. Um, the players interchange out so much. Then you got a lot of these young players who are playing over in Europe. A lot of them just don't, you know, they're making so much money in Europe. Quite a few of them don't really even want to play for the, the American team. And I think part of it is because um, everybody is not on the same page. Then you got the rules that we have in America for soccer when kids are growing up at youth soccer. Like kids can't head the ball until they're 13 or 14. And I just think that the fundamental teaching here in the States is not even close to what they're getting in Latin America, South America, Europe. So we're starting out behind the eight ball. And, you know, Major League Soccer is picking up steam. The quality is getting better. 
but it still has a long way to go. Um, we we need to buy in all the way. And I mean, I know there's a lot to do. There's a lot on the sports uh, agenda here in this country, and I just think that soccer just doesn't excite the American fan like it does everyone else in the world. I mean, you know, football and basketball have us uh, have us spoiled. So, you know, you know soccer is kind of complicated to the American fan, and it's it's, you know, the results aren't immediate. I mean, you can play a whole game and not get any scoring, and I think that's something that we as American sports fans are not used to. But, you know, once you get an appreciation for soccer and you, you know, you watch enough of it, it kind of reminds you of um, guys playing chess, human chess. I mean, so many tr- tr- strategic moves. There's so many different uh, strategies. The you know uh, the, the the talent level uh, dictates the type of strategy you have, and then the traditions of um, this, this this international soccer. I picked up a love for it in the '90s when I was in the World League playing in Amsterdam, and the year that we were there. That first year, Amsterdam won the uh, AOX, the Amsterdam team won the Champions League. I remember the big parade they had, and, you know, we just got engulfed in it because it was on all of the local TV channels, and we would see the guys out. So we had a vested interest in it, and I've, just, I've been hooked ever since. So I can appreciate what I'm seeing, but... My favorite in this tournament is definitely England. I really would like to see England win the championship. I'd love to see them play France in the finals. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the NBA. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of free agency, some of my early thoughts on the summer league, some of the the young guys that seem to be making uh, making a mark and, you know, possibly putting their bid in for Rookie of the Year. So we'll take a quick break on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Uh, Hurley had other obligations today. He's trying to make Merritt Island great again. So I'm your co-host, Kelvin Harris. I'm hosting the show uh, solo today. Now, first two segments, we were talking about soccer. You know, the Cristiano Ronaldo transfer and my thoughts on the World Cup. I want to briefly talk about the NBA, a little bit about free agency, and what's been going on in the Summer League. So basically, over the last week, the... Tone has been set for the 2018-19 season with the early signings. Uh, the big signing, matter of fact, they made it official today. LeBron James has signed his contract for year, 153 and some change. 153 million and some change with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's actually a three-year deal with a one-year player or with a with a player option in the fourth year. Uh, Paul George re-signed with uh, Oklahoma City, four years, 137 million dollars. And then the one that kind of shook the NBA was when DeMarcus Cousins signed with the Golden State Warriors, mid-level exception of $5.3 million. Basically, he's going to rehab for most of the year, try and make it back for the end of the year in the playoffs, show that he's a team player and that he can and that he, excuse me, he deserves a max contract. Um... <laughs> Looks like Carmelo Anthony will be bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder, $28 million. And it, right now, it looks like his um, his destination, his favorite destination is the Houston Rockets with his man, Chris Paul. A lot of people were talking about this this morning, that he doesn't fit what they do. And I kind of agree because the Rockets lost two big, big players uh, through the free agency. They lost... Trevor Ariza to the Phoenix Suns, a two-year deal, I think about $18 million. And then they also lost Luke Mbappé, I can't even say his name, Mbappé Richard. He went to UCLA. Um, he went back to the Clippers. That's where he came from. He came over in the trade. So they lost two of their three big defensive players. The only one left is P.J. Tucker. Bringing in Carmelo Anthony 
take their place is a mistake. And, you know, I hope it's just a media creation because if he comes in, not only do I think he's going to be a horrible fit for the team defensively, but I think he'll be a cancer in the locker room because I don't think this guy has um, come to grips with the fact that he ain't the guy he used to be. And although him and D'Antoni didn't get along in New York, everyone seems to think that it won't be a problem in Houston because D'Antoni is, you know, from all reports, is a really good person and he doesn't hold grudges. So they'll just put that as water under the bridge and keep it moving. But the problem is, you know, over the over the course of his career, Carmelo is not taking care of his body and he's not really a great elite athlete. So he's a he's very vulnerable on defense. And on top of that, he's not a willing participant with defense. So if they do sign him, I'm I'm really uh, skeptical that they'll make it back to the East to the Western Conference Finals. Um, the Warriors signing signing Cousins is interesting because they 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 didn't resign David West and they didn't resign the human uh, accident uh, Zaza Pachulia. So and then they lost to JaVale McGee to the Lakers. So they do have a. Um, they do have a a void at the center position. They won't have a um, boogie for most of the year, so I think Jordan Bell will get a lot of those minutes during the early part of the season. And it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I just think that similar to the situation with Carmelo Anthony, Boogie needs to understand what his role is because yesterday I watched the interview with him and he used the words we quite a bit. And last time I checked, he ain't French and they ain't playing in the French league. So there's not going to be a lot of we need to sacrifice. It's either he sacrifices or I don't think he gets on the floor because they don't really need him. He's, for all intents and purposes, he is a um, a gift, you know, uh, an extra piece, an extra ornament. He's, you know, Kevin Durant's not sacrificing any shots for him. Uh, neither is Steph Curry, and I doubt that Klay Thompson will either. So he's got to get in where he fits in, and it may take him a while to understand that. And if you're a fan of another team in the Western Conference, you're hoping that it takes a lot longer than both sides anticipate it will for him to, you know, assimilate into their culture. As for my Lakers, yeah, I've been a Lakers fan since 1980, so I'm not going to even try and hide that. I like the sign of LeBron. You got a great base. Now we just got to figure out what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. Like I was talking about last week or week before, Kawhi's been healthy. He's been playing pickup games behind the scene for a while. He just, he doesn't want to go back. And, uh, you know, if you're San Antonio, you got to trade him for the best deal you can get. And to be honest with you, I think that's going to be in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Uh, Boston has put in their pitch, and so has Philadelphia. But I think if he goes to Philadelphia, it's a short-term uh, fix. You know, that was the discussion about, you know, when LeBron picked his team. And, you know, he's going into a part of his career where it's basically um, fulfillment because he has um, he's won championships. He's won MVPs. He's resurrected, 
organizations. Now, I think it's more about what LeBron wants. I mean, he wants to get into the film industry. He likes living in Los Angeles, and I can agree with him because I lived out there for four and a half years. It's a great place to live. Weather's great. Once you get used to the people, <laughs> it's a great place. And for what he's doing, cinema-wise and the movies and you know, entertainment as a whole, that's the place for him. I think the Lakers can be competitive. I think they can win 50 games. I don't know how far that's going to take them. I don't know how far he's going to take them. But I think in 2019 and on, you know, 2020 or so, we will be back in the championship conversation. It's not going to be this year. I think the best we can hope for is the conference finals and a respectable series against the Warriors. But this ain't the year. So if you're in Laker Nation, don't get your hopes up thinking that you're going to uh, see a championship. Eastern Conference, there hadn't been this type of excitement in the Eastern Conference in a long time. LeBron has moved on. We don't know who's going to win that Eastern. Most people say Boston. They played the year basically with their two best players out. And they made it all the way to the conference finals game seven. So, I think um, they have a very good chance of making it to the finals. As long as Gordon Hayward can give them a full season, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think they can make it to the finals without Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's been some rumblings that he's not happy that, um, you know, the team having the success they had wasn't exactly the most um, pleasant thing for him. There's been talk that he wants to go and play for the Knicks next year. And if I was Danny Ainge and I could get any type of um, any type of uh, of, of, of worth for him I would trade the guy because look you know the idea in sports you know as a former athlete I can say that hey you know in my mind I wanted to be a great player I wanted to get paid for being a great player but I also wanted to win championships this guy's got great talent he gets paid real well he's won championships yet he's still not happy so, I mean, as an organization, you got to bring out your kicker and punt. Get rid of him before he becomes a cancer to your locker room. Uh, they may have to do a three-team trade to get back. You're not going to get back at equitable quality. But if you can get something similar, that's a good deal. Terry Rozier proved that he can handle a team. Jason Tatum is an emerging star. And then you bring back Gordon Haywood and you're in the ball game. Um, Summer League, early thoughts on that. DeAndre Iden is going to be a monster. He made a play last night where he ran a guy down and smacked his ball out of bounds. Also, Marvin Bagley III. He is explosive, and he's got the full skill set. He can go inside, post you up, grab rebounds, block shots. He also can run the floor and... 
drive to the ball, drive to the basket and make something happen uh, with the ball in his hand, as well as hit the three. Another guy that surprised me has been Jaron Jackson III. He shot the three ball remarkably. Did not see that coming. I thought he was at least two years away. This could be, you know, the sleeper pick of the first round. Two guys that have caught my attention who weren't first-round picks, who I think are going to be good rookies. DeAnthony Melton, friend of the show, was on a week or so before he went got picked in the second round by the Rockets. He's the Rockets' only, or the first pick the Rockets have. I know, my bad, he's the only pick the Rockets had. And so far in Summer League, he has um, shown some explosiveness. He looks like a better version of uh, Patrick Beverly, which, you know, you got a guy 6'4", he's able to play a little point, a little shooting guard, he can guard a three in a pinch. So making those switches, which is the new big thing to do in the NBA, he's able to accomplish that and not be out of place defensively. I think I think he's going to make a big, big impact as a as a defender because they've lost two guys who were you know elite level defenders but he'll be able to take the point guard and the shooting guard and some small forwards basically out of their game uh Jalen Bronson played for two-time national champion Villanova was the best player on Villanova's team but three other guys went in the first round and he goes in the second round to the Dallas Mavericks. They pick up Luka Doncic uh, in a trade with Atlanta on draft night. Thing I noticed watching them play was Dennis Smith Jr. showed up to the summer league to play with Brunson and to also play with Doncic. And looking at what I see so far, Dallas is my sleeper pick to make noise in the playoffs next year because they signed DeAndre Jordan free agency They've got Dirk Nowitzki, they've got Tyson Chandler, and then they've got this three-guard rotation. Not to mention Harrison Barnes, who came over from Golden State. You know, he's earning his money. Uh, they got a great coach in Rick Carlisle. They just need to get a couple of more players for depth, and I think they can make a run in that Western Conference. So, you heard it here first. Don't sleep on the Dallas Mavericks. The team, I think, that's going to be into the climb this year, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, kid from the University of Miami, Lonnie Walker's shown some flashes. And I think that he's going to have to score quite a bit this year because um, I don't know what they're going to get out of Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, he's going to be an important player for them. Uh, I think they're going to still try and pound the ball inside and shoot threes, but you're going to lose an important part of your team. And, you know, Pop is a great coach, but you still got to have talent in order to win, and I don't think they're going to have a lot of talent if Kawhi Leonard doesn't give it 100%. In the East, um, Sixers, their guys... You know, didn't really see anything special out of their, their, their uh, Vegas Summer League team. But the key thing for them is they got J.J. Reddick back. So 
Okay, he's going to take pressure off of the two big guys. And I think it'll be them and the Celtics in the conference final. Going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to gloss over Wimbledon to close out the show. So we'll take a quick break and be right back on the uh, Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we're back after that great commercial break. Uh, I got with me my man, Will Lowry. Now, Will's been on the show before. And it's weird because when he was on the show before, we were talking about his golfing career because he was on the European tour, uh, one of the few black professional golfers in America. And I was looking for someone to talk tennis today on this last segment. And my friend who introduced us says, well, call Will. He went to college as a tennis player. And I was like, wait a minute, Will plays golf professionally. But as it turns out, Will... You got your start as a tennis player, right? Yeah, yeah, I was I was a big tennis player coming up as a as a kid. Um I uh I had a let's see, I had a, a state ranking of I wanna say I got down to maybe top fifteen in the state and uh I got top twenty five, top thirty in the south and I had a national ranking of maybe I may have cracked at one twenty five at one point. But yeah, tennis was my uh first love. Now, did you play in the junior U.S. Open at all? Did you ever get a chance playing that? No, I didn't play junior U.S. Open. I uh, had one year at the uh, at the junior world in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I think at that year, I want to say Andy Roddick was in my was in my draw. 
I want to say. Oh, wow. And, uh, sorry. So, but, yeah, sorry about I, that. I, 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 I lost in the round of 32, so I didn't get a chance to see anybody. <laughs> I lost the first round, so that's, that's, that's all I got. Wow. Uh, well, this year's Wimbledon is interesting on the female side in that Serena was ranked 25th coming in because she hadn't played, um, you know, because of the injury. And then, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but she was about to roller coaster everybody in the French Open when her when her labor went out or her shoulder went out. Exactly. Exactly. But she, exactly. She, she just lost her first set today on her way to the semifinals. So whatever was wrong with her, she corrected it because she looks like a like number twenty four is right there to have. Yeah, I think I think that last uh, that last uh, set was uh, what she needed to kind of get down to these um, the last uh, two rounds, and you know she I mean she she won six four, but I think it was something that uh, just to get a test. I think I think her heart rate went up a little bit uh, personally from what I was when I was watching. Yeah, because when she came off the shake old girl's hand, she had like a smile on her face, like like that smile when the the, the, the small guy hits the big guy in the mouth. He feels his mouth and just get that <laughs> laugh. Like, yeah, I needed that to wake me up before he punches the guy yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah, she, she had a toe stepped on a little bit, but uh, you know, you know, experience prevails eventually. <laughs> what's amazing? What's amazing right now in tennis is that you got thirty-six-year-old Roger Federer who is in the quarterfinals. He'll be playing uh, Kevin Anderson, who's a big guy. I think Kevin was he about six-nine. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's another that's another big boy that's uh that's playing. Well, they were talking about he could possibly break the record for the fastest serve this week. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a serve earlier in the week of 147 miles an hour. Now, I can't even. I need to ask you, how do you handle something going that fast? Well, you know, it, you know, it's, it's it's just basically close your eyes and swing. You know, it's coming. It's a trailblaze. You got to catch the trailblaze. Uh, and it's so funny is that, um, you know, uh, I would love to see some of the great, you know, like I said, I was a huge, I was a huge, you know, fan of the old school guys, um, Andre Agassi, Michael Chain, and Andre Agassi probably had one of the best return serves I've ever seen in my life. He catched the ball on the rise so quickly, and he tracks the ball so well. And I would love to see him, you know, handle a 147 mile per hour serve. So. I, I, I can't tell you exactly how to do it. I know my method was um, to close my eyes and just swing. If I get it back, good. If I don't, let's go on to the other side of court. <laughs> what was the fastest serve that you ever ran up against? Uh, I was um, I was playing against a guy by Le- Leslie Joseph uh, out of Georgia. He was he, he played in a couple of U.S. Opens. Uh, he, he qualified through Kalamazoo and got the couple uh, first round first round. Uh, buy or what have you, and I want to say um, his his was probably one twenty one one fifteen one twenty, and he had a little, he had a big kick on it too, so it was a constant struggle. I'm I'm always I'm always back at the fence, <laughs> so trying to just, uh, just trying to get a, a racket on the ball. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Now looking at the men's draw, is there anybody that can stop Nadal and Federer from happening on Sunday? I mean, Djokovic has been playing pretty good. 
Djokovic is finally seems like he's back to full form. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be, you know, be, be patriotic and, you know, go with uh, the Americans. But, you know, I, you know, my last Mackenzie McDonald just uh, got X uh, today as well. And, you know, John Isner, he, he, he's six. I mean, he's still, six nine as well, right? He's what six ten, six nine. Exactly. That's that, that, that's what I was saying about another big boy. But you know, he he covered. He's, he's he started covering the court a little better late in his career. But uh, he has a big serve as well. But I just don't see him. I don't see him getting through. You know. Um, but I, I don't. I think it's, it's, it's going to come down to Nadal and uh, Federer more than likely. I hate to say hey, I, another. I agree too. I was looking at the 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 uh, the, the, the uh, telecast on ESPN, and Chrissy Everett said that the thing that has helped Isner out is that he's gotten married. So she seems to think that him getting married has helped his uh, tennis game. And my thought was, I don't care how many times he gets married, his feet are still slow. And when you go up against the dollar Federer, they make you move. And they make you move. Fed- and they, you know, Nadal runs down shots, and he, you got to have the perfect shot to beat him. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm seeing Nadal and Federer now on a, on the women's draw. Um, I think the girl, uh, that Serena plays doesn't stand a chance. And the other matches, Ostapenko against uh, Angelique Kerber, who both have won majors. Uh, Ostapenko won the French Open, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Kerber, I'm going to go with Kerber in that one. And then it's going to set up an interesting match because she beat Serena for her major. So that's going to be or one of her majors because I think she has two. Uh, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, we got. I think. I... OK, go ahead. I was going to say we got to close, but I'll give you one. You know, give me give me 15 seconds. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I I real quick to see the test of Serena because being the fact that she uh, she's coming from this you know the, the pregnancy and you know having a baby, so I think she has a little more fire. I think some a little more uh, challenge to her. So I think uh, I think Serena will be there, but I think it'd be going, it's going to be Serena and Kerber. So that's going to be inter- interesting match to watch. Yeah, well, I want to thank you for coming on in this last segment and uh, helping me. Uh discuss the the Wimbledon uh you know the men's and the women's draw that's going to do it for the show today I think Hurley will be back next week uh um, we're going to talk more summer league we'll talk about the finals of the world cup and um maybe get into some NFL because uh training camp's about to start so I want to thank uh my man A-Rod the super producer for keeping this show together and uh, once again, thanks to Will. So that's going to close the show out for the day. And as I always do, I always got to talk about my, my Canes. It's all about the you, Canes for life. Enough said. Till next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.